0: Hey guys, welcome to Because Mama Podcast said so.
1: Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Just are you okay? Do you want to take a pause?
0: Do
1: you want to restart the brain? What? On and off switch. Turn it off. Turn it off.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Cause Mama Said So podcast. I'm Lena. I'm Mona. I'm Marwa. And this week we're talking about vulnerability. Ooh. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Spooky. I think it might be a good idea to just start with a definition. What is vulnerability? So the dictionary defines vulnerability as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of, a, of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. I think we're gonna gonna focus on like vulnerability within our family. Cause there's a lot of aspects to vulnerability. Like, can you be like vulnerability within your friend groups, in a relationship? But I think it's an interesting dynamic within a family to talk about that. And I don't think it's talked about a lot really. So the question is, is vulnerability within your family something that you experience or that you can do? And is there like a difference between vulnerability with your siblings versus with your parents easier with one or the other um who wants to go first
1: (laughs) well right off the bat like the question of is it easier being like vulnerable with your siblings versus your parents yeah without a doubt (laughs) without a doubt i feel like i can be much more vulnerable with like saha because she'll like understand the things like
2: what you're talking about
1: yeah like what i'm talking about like what like things that we relate to and stuff like that, it's much easier to um, speak to Soha about it more so than my parents. But the other thing about it is, um, me and Soha are also seven years apart. So, as much as there was like growing up, there was a much more like disconnect between us. But now it's like, it's, it doesn't feel like there's a seven year age difference. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, as you get older, the age gap doesn't mean as much.
1: Yeah, exactly. But as far as like vulnerability with like my family, I think my, with each other, we are pretty vulnerable. Like I feel like my parents are pretty vulnerable, but like not to the extent as they should be, let's say Mm -hmm. that's the best way I can put it, but just comparing it to Mm -hmm. like people whose parents are like super closed off. I wouldn't say like my parents are like that. So
0: what does vulnerability, like we have the definition, but like, what does vulnerability within your family look like to you? Because I think what you said with Saha, like, she would understand. So I guess understanding you is a big part of it. But, like, what would it look like for your parents to be vulnerable? Because, like, I don't think I even know <laughs> what that looks like.
1: I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. That's so hard. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like my parents are pretty open with me in general. Like, the things that we go through... <laughs> as a family or even like as an extended family, like they tend to, in- I think maybe it's like the older that I get, maybe they become more vulnerable and they want to include me in things that happened within our family. Um, so they'll tell us the problems or the issues that are happening and that never used to happen before. But I think that all comes with
2: age as well, right? Mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, I think for me, I would say, I don't really see my dad be vulnerable ever. Um, but with my, my mom is pretty open, pretty honest. I would say my mom's like more willing to be vulnerable than I am, which is interesting. Yeah. Like you said, like my parents are a lot more open and honest with me. I think my mom has always been honest because like, she's like, I'm the only daughter. And so like, she just trusted me a lot with a lot of information, with a lot of things that she felt and that she thought. And, and then the older you get, you kind of understand things more. Like when you're younger, you can't really understand what's going on. Even if you see it, you still can't really understand it. I think it's better now. And I think the more we talk about things like mental health and whatever, like it's just people are open to being vulnerable more. But when I was younger, like I kind of felt like it was almost like you weren't even allowed to show emotions. Like I remember if you got in trouble and like if, and I cried, like I would get in trouble for crying, you know, like I wasn't allowed to show these feelings. So getting in trouble for crying a lot made me become more closed off and like try not to cry and try not to be sad or try not to, you know. Not showing
0: emotion basically. Yeah, not showing emotion
2: exactly and I think in our culture especially um you kind of our culture is very much so about not inconveniencing people inconveniencing people so when you show emotion when you are vulnerable with people it can kind of seem like you're you know kind of a burden to others which is doesn't really align with our culture
0: Mm, I think I have like a very similar experience to like almost identical like my dad there's no such thing as being open and honest like at all and i think it comes from a place of like wanting to maintain some sense of authority Mm -hmm. like even throughout childhood i can understand it a little bit more but like as i've grown older i found that he hasn't like kind of let that guard down Mm -hmm. um whereas my mom for example it might be because she came here so young and she's kind of like spent a lot of time here she as i've gotten older being the oldest daughter she's definitely been more open with me and like you said I can't find I don't find myself doing that as much in return mm-hmm. and again stems from like childhood like being punished for showing emotion or like I think also you grow up almost living a double life so mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you're experiencing or going through you kind of feel like you have to hide yeah from your parents and like to pass a certain age and then you start to realize like your parents are people too it's still hard to like get out of that mindset of I have to hide things or mm-hmm. I have to, like be a different version of myself at home yeah outside and like it's gotten better as I've gotten older specifically with my mom I wouldn't say I'm like fully 100% there mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: I am in certain aspects and others not so much yeah
1: I think the whole like feeling like you have a double life play- is like a huge factor for so many people in terms of being like fully transparent or fully vulnerable with like their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if this is like a huge statement, but I feel like there's huge, um, I, I don't wanna say problems, but there's a huge complicated relationship when it comes to like mothers and daughters, mm-hmm. right? And um, as much as I would love to be like completely open with my mom. Like, you know how everyone says, oh, like my mom is like my best friend and stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm like,
1: oh, all I think about is like the fact that like, oh, like you don't hide anything from your mom. (laughs) Like you could tell your mom all these things. That's why she's your best friend. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. As much as I would love to do that, I can't do that because I'm just going to be shamed (laughs) for anything that I would try and like talk to her about. Right, Mm -hmm. so- I wish I had that. I think my, like I think me and my mom like have a great relationship. It's just like not to that extent. Like that's not a thing. Yeah.
2: I agree me and my mom are really close, but because there's like a lot of things that I feel like I can't share, it kind of like hinders our relationship. You know, I guess kind of going back to like that entitlement episode about, you know, your 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 mom wanting certain things for you or like a lot of moms live through their daughters and they like want them to not make the same mistakes they made and like you know like I wanted to do this and I couldn't so now I want you to do this so it's like because they try to do that through you you don't want to disappoint them and so that's kind of what keeps you from like being open and honest with them
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like because my mom came here when she was like really, really really young she was like 21 she is very um I don't want to say like modern like she still has like her old um traditional like Sudanese values to an extent but I feel like because she spent so much time here at such a young age she understands me more than I would expect Mm. (laughs) like sometimes I feel like I don't give her enough credit Mm. um and then she surprises me like I'll tell her something and she'll like you know be super like supportive and understanding and it's like oh okay you know but yeah, it kind of goes back to like that, getting out of that mindset that you were in when you were younger. Um, I agree.
2: There's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, like my mom's actually, like she gets it. She understands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I do think we don't give our parents enough credit. And the thing is like our parents also have changed, right? So we kind of still think they are how we were when we were younger. But mm-hmm. you know, as we've grown, they've also grown even like in, within their adulthood, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, especially when it goes comes back to like me and my dad, I feel like I feel like the culture has a big part to do with it because I feel like my dad is an open and honest person but I feel like the culture hasn't given him that space to yeah. let him be vulnerable you know
1: mm-hmm. culture on top
2: of society in general yeah <clears throat> allow men to be vulnerable
1: so
0: yeah I also think that like lack of vulnerability in our parents or within our families this definitely stems from the culture like I feel like a lot of like the Problems and the hardships and the things that our parents go through that they don't really even talk to us about or that they feel they kind of internalize them and they don't talk to it, talk to their friends and their peers who are in the same boat as them Mm -hmm. about those things. Because to them, it's like whatever happens in the house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. All of our problems need to stay within here because we need to maintain like an image within the community. Mm -hmm. And that just does not (laughs) breed like the mentality. To be vulnerable in any other aspect. Like it will bleed over into other aspects of your life. And that unfortunately happens like within the home too, right? Like mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I think a lot of like families have that mentality of like what's happens in the home stays in the home. But it's like, could you imagine how much better it would be if everyone was like open and vulnerable with each other? Like you guys are all in this country, brand new, don't know anything, you know, you're going through the same struggles. Why go through it quietly? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so these people have that trait where they're like so excited to like help anybody as much as they can Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean to whatever extent they can so it's kind of frustrating that like we feel like we
0: get we have to like low-key I feel like we use that like hospitality to replace the like emotionally being there for people like we're so quick to be there for people like you need a ride you want me to cook for you I'll do this I'll do that for you like we do all of these things and we channel that givingness into doing things but not being there emotionally. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's so true. Even when you think about like the grieving process in our culture, it's, you know, people rush to you right away. It doesn't matter. You find it up to 2- 2 AM, like everyone's at your door, you know, which is very beautiful, but like,
0: Oh, like and- when someone passes away, like the, big, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone, yeah. Everyone like yeah. runs to the house to be there with the person.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it's all just like, everyone's there just like drink tea like make tea and make food and do this and do that it's not actually discussing anything like you're not actually talking through your emotions or anything like that you know it's just like there to do tasks
0: which is also (laughs) nice but it's needed but like yeah it's needed and like if you notice like the things that they say when they're there it's all like oh just pray or like they're with god now it's all very like religious things but they're not like talking about the like actual grieving that this person's going through from for losing somebody Mm -hmm. like of course the the religion stuff whatever that's comforting to a lot of people but there's like more to it too
2: yeah but I mean also like people aren't therapists so it's kind of hard to like walk people through that but
0: yeah yeah that is true
2: it's very uh society people's love language is acts of service for sure (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's so true <laughs>
2: sorry, that just
1: reminds me of like when you go to a bika and like someone's expecting like shy or something we're like yeah, yeah. where's the shy? like bro i hate those people sorry it's <laughs> like a side note but it's like listen the family is grieving and you want them to make shy and like sue yeah. you like no what no seriously no. the worst anyways just a pet peeve of mine
0: i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i have like a love-hate relationship with bika's because no, I hate them it's it's, a it's nice country. to have people around you it works in moment. it helps but yeah I've been in those situations where like the Bicker was at my house and it's like everyone's here and everyone's here for like days at a time but then when the people leave it's not like they leave like what it stops like a week later maybe to a few days later and then the mm-hmm. house is like dead silent after yeah that. And then it's like now you get to have you have to really confront, like your yeah, yeah, because
2: it kind of like it it helps, but it also could be a distraction.
0: Yeah, right, I feel like sometimes so. it is a distraction.
2: It yeah,
1: it's it's a lot all at once, and then it just gets like
0: pulled yeah, away. Pulled away I, guess. I guess yeah. I feel like we need like collective uh, therapy. One hundred percent. Because I feel like we all have like. The same kind of traumas like from our parents our parents have their traumas and we have them And like it's all the same it's all the same so it's time for our twitter draft segment and this is the part of the podcast where we say damn took the tweet right out of my drafts incoming message so this week's twitter draft comes from the magic mirror and she tweeted, I found so much healing when I realized that my parents did the absolute best they could based off of how they were programmed. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, they- I agree.
1: My perspective of how I view my parents completely. As much as like we sit on this podcast and we talk about the things that we didn't like or like whatever, appreciate. At the end of the day, we know how privileged we are. We know like the struggles not to the full extent but we know the struggles that our parents went through like we can finally see it from their perspective and I think that also comes with age as well but as soon as you have that mentality that your parents did everything in their power and it was that they could for you your child (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and it's as a result of when they grew up where they grew up like how they grew up like you know what I mean you just you view everything differently And you learn to appreciate your parents a lot more.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because when you're a kid, you kind of think adults just have all the answers. And then when you become an adult, you realize nobody has all the answers. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. So you can kind of appreciate like the decisions your parents made more because, you know, we're now at the ages of when our parents first had us or whatever, and we just we realize how hard life is. And, you know, it's not, you know, you, no one's taught this shit. There's no handbook, no nothing. You kind of just have to go based off, based off of what you've learned, based off of what you saw, like based off of what you understand. And so, and and that comes from their childhood, right? So like, you kind of just have to be like, wow, like they actually did a great job because I don't know what I would have done if I had to pick up, like get married at whatever age, pick up, go to a whole new continent. Yeah. And just you know start a life
0: there on my own you know yeah I think like the realizing that your parents are just human beings and not these like (laughs) perfect beings really helps you appreciate what they've done and I feel like a lot of that stems from like it goes back to like them not being vulnerable with us from a young age like you don't realize that your parents are not necessarily perfect they have their own issues they go through their own problems until you're well into adulthood hmm it's or like even
1: that they have feelings
0: yeah like, like a yeah. lot of the
1: time yeah. you don't even realize that they have feelings like you can say something so rude and you'll be like whatever like they don't even care you know and then yeah. you're like oh no I you you really hurt their feelings you know what yeah. I mean? and yeah and it's time to apologize like
2: you really forget that your parents have feelings because they weren't vulnerable with us like we didn't realize that they had feelings you know mm-hmm. like they yeah our parents growing up almost seemed robotic like <laughs> yeah or it's like the idea of like
1: any struggle that like they probably went through something similar so like oh you just don't get it and you just yeah. brush them off or whatever but it's also because they're not open about their own experiences right yeah like-
2: exactly so we think that like they never experienced anything but then like we said before like when I tell them something they're like oh yeah yeah, that, that I experienced that too I'm like why yeah. didn't you tell me
0: <laughs> yeah bro like, like- where is all the stories about like what you did when you were younger all the reckless shit you did because I know they did reckless, reckless shit. like tell me about the time mm-hmm. you like snuck out and then got caught I don't want to hear about how you were first in the math class like I don't care yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah tell me
2: some real shit you know and I, I, I actually saw this tweet one time where it was like how with mothers and daughters like mothers don't ever like they tell them like, okay, don't do this, don't do that. But they don't tell them the stories from their childhood, you know, mm-hmm. whereas the fathers do tell their sons stories from their childhood or their teenage years. And I think that has to do with like the idea that like women are shamed a lot more for the things that they do growing up, especially in like when they're just kind of learning, like finding themselves or whatever, trying to figure out this life. They're shamed for a lot. So like, no, you know, you're kind of taught not to tell these, retell these stories, not to tell anybody this, not to tell anybody that. So I feel like that's kind of where it comes from.
1: Yeah Yeah. and Sunni's
2: like let's be real like Sunni's culture loves shaming women for
0: anything that they do bro if you breathe but I feel like they're all the shaming is like like centers around them being desirable as wives (laughs) yeah exactly you're told don't do this do this blah 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 center around you eventually getting married Mm -hmm. and that's like the goal of your life and we grow up with this like in the forefront of our mind and everything we do so it like leads to problems when we then start to date because we haven't received that vulnerability from our parents, um, our mom specifically. <clears throat> we don't know how to give it nor receive it. And then that ha- causes problems when you start to date. And then you didn't hear any of these stories that your mom went through when she was growing up. Whereas men, they get to hear stories from their dads about, oh, I did this and I lived there and I did this. Yeah, and there. Like, like their lives weren't anything. centered around marriage. Like marriage and getting whatever is like a subplot. The
2: mm-hmm. main
0: plot of their life is getting your experiences, like getting your career together, blah blah. blah. Yeah,
2: that's so true. Like, how many women have heard
0: like "my for like something yeah. they've done, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, no man has ever heard that ever in life. Like, oh, you're never gonna get married if you don't learn how to cook. The amount yeah. of men who, like have never done laundry, washed the dish, like
2: yeah and it was like it was like a discipline tactic you know like if my room was messy i'm like my, my hat is suki because like you're you're messy or whatever and I'm like
0: okay don't marry me like <laughs> yeah. you know yeah it just it also just it leads to problems when you actually like start to date and actually look for like yeah that marriage like you don't it's earn. just wrong to put your worth in something like that mm-hmm. there's more to life y'all mm-hmm. <laughs> because ain't shit we all need men <laughs> <laughs>
1: Liana will never lose an opportunity. Will never give up an opportunity to say niggas ain't shit. Like
0: no, if it presents itself, I'm saying. It. <laughs> can't Did present it present it. itself? Like it barely presents itself. Barely. <laughs> That's
1: what I'm saying. She will never give up the opportunity to say it.
0: It was a reach. I'm not. It gonna was lie. a reach. <laughs> had to be done. <laughs> I'm gonna tattoo that on my body somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: This is why I get so much feedback from people when they talk about listening to our podcast. They'll be like, oh, you guys just bash guys all the time. I'm like, no. This is not what we do.
0: But here's yes, Lena. Every don't. opportunity
1: she gets, she has to say men shit.
0: I don't think we do. We don't. We don't. I, I throw it in there for comedic relief. This is a heavy topic, exactly. guys.
2: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> My heart's been like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think being vulnerable is one thing. And then talking about vulnerability is another thing. I don't know why it's yeah. like
2: so hard. It's so hard. Should we make a disclaimer and talk about how we tried to record this episode before and everyone froze, like shut down and not <laughs> yeah, think about I it because we were just like, shit, like we don't know how to be vulnerable. Yeah.
0: Do we even know what it is? Like that also is the question. Like, yeah, even know what that would feel like, what that would look like.
2: Mm hmm. Even outside of just like family, like I literally don't know how to be vulnerable. Like friends, romantic relationships—it's like a struggle for me. I'm like trying now. Like I feel like I'm just starting to get out of my shell of like Mm -hmm. not being vulnerable. But like, yeah, just now. (laughs) Like, yeah, it took me a little bit. I think I've
1: said this before, but I think I've always been like open and vulnerable person. Um, But like as I grew older, I like closed myself off more.
0: Mm-hmm. but here's my question is there a difference between being open and being vulnerable because I feel like I'm a very open person I'm like an open book but I can confidently say that I'm not vulnerable with um a lot of people in terms of like close intimate relationships like I can say that I'm not vulnerable
1: I think that's uh, yeah I think that's true
0: it's like it's easy to be open about things like oh I experienced this or this embarrassing thing happened to me or like whatever but it's another thing to be like this is how it made me feel and these are my deepest darkest inner thoughts and feelings Mm. like I feel like it's a lot deeper than just being like open about your experiences
1: I don't know like I feel like I have to like uh come back to this podcast because like for me I feel like I'm putting a lot of myself out there and like a lot of things that I have never really told some of my friends I've said it on this podcast but it's come so easily to me in that sense like I don't know why because I know people are going to be listening to it (laughs) but I can I can do it and I don't know if it's also because I've gotten to a point in my life like bro I think I've told like four people know that I actually dropped out of University of Guelph like I was so ashamed of it before now I actually don't give a fuck okay Mm. (laughs) and like I'm not ashamed of it. So it's like, that. Th- that's still a vulnerable thing for me to say, but I don't know why but it's so much more like, for me to do it on own. I hot. feel like I because know. you've
0: gotten to a point where you've accepted that part of your life, like this is something I've done and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. It's easy for you to share, right? I feel like being vulnerable, it's those things that are scary to say out loud. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like things that I've accepted about myself, like I can talk to anybody about it. Like, I don't even care. You could be a stranger on the bus. I'd be like, yo, so- when I was six, like, da, da 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 like, you know? But I think vulnerability for me personally, I don't know, I think it's like those things that you're even, you haven't accepted about yourself that you find quote-unquote unlovable maybe. Mm. I feel like when you're open to sharing those things with someone with the risk of them not being accepting of it, that's vulnerability. There is a risk that when you share this thing, this person is going to look at you differently or not accept you. And I think for me... That is what I struggle with. The risk. I'm not a risk taker. <laughs> <laughs> Risking that this person will no longer accept me or look at me differently because of this thing that else I also haven't accepted about myself. That's hard. Yeah. Is also about myself. Tattooed on my forehead. Yeah. Don't care. So that's why I think for, like that goes back to being open versus being vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. Just thinking out loud here. <laughs>
2: No, that's true. It's the things that you can't really pinpoint why you feel this way that are hard to like really open up
0: about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I find like those moments when you finally like do open up about those things that you're scared that people will not accept. If you're doing it with the right person, they can like nurture those parts of you and then you can like Mm -hmm. come to accept that. I feel like that's that happens a lot in like intimate or romantic relationships. And it could happen a lot too within the family relationships or friends and whatever like I have a lot mm-hmm. of things that I know I've like talked to my best friend about that I'm like super oh, like recently like <laughs> literally a couple weeks ago like talking about things that happened to us in high school that we still remember to this day and have really taken a toll on us and like yeah are things that were like are fragile about us that we finally like you know openly talked mm-hmm. about we're still accepting of each other you know mm-hmm, and yeah. it was a nice feeling Just,
2: it is a nice feeling. It feels, there's a lot of relief. But like like you said, Mona, two like for me, this podcast has been like a big breakthrough for me of like being open and honest. I think a lot of like people who I know who listen to the podcast, like some of my friends are probably hearing a lot of things for the first time just because I really struggle with like being open, vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that like a public platform is. Um...
2: Right. It's so weird. because just, like, <laughs> because I think
0: it's vulnerable for the first time.
2: Yeah, it's weird. Cause like, I don't think I have a problem talking about these things. I think my insecurity mostly comes from like, oh, this person probably thinks it's irrelevant. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not forcing you to listen to this podcast. But like, if we're mm. having a conversation, kind of forcing you to listen to have this conversation. So it's like, right. I feel like that's what it's like for me.
0: Mm. So it's think- more of like, a like, do they even care about this? Me exactly. Talking about- right now I'm not like, oh my God, what are they going to think kind of thing? Yeah.
1: My thing with that is like, I feel like I post a lot on whether it's like TikTok or Instagram and it's like every time I post I'm like oh nobody cares nobody cares Mm -hmm. what I post like whatever right so it's like why do I even bother posting if nobody's gonna engage with me but there are people who engage with me and it's like those people care those people enjoy it and so they will have a discussion with me if they like what I'm posting right and the fact that like that's why I continue to do it because I'm like whatever whoever watching doesn't give it two shits they're just gonna tap away whatever I don't care Mm -hmm. this isn't for you then yeah (laughs) you know this is for the people who engage with me and relate to me in some form or another um and the things that I enjoy so I don't know I feel like posting for me like posting on social media has like made me so much more open than I've ever been Mm -hmm. in that sense
0: I don't know why So posting on social media gives me so much anxiety like the way that you just do it freely like I wish I could I cannot yeah.
2: yeah, I want to get to a point where I just like, oh, I don't care, you know, yeah. but then also, yeah, going back to that, whole it's not even just like, oh, I don't care. It's like, do I have anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what but, you think. That's what you think. It's like, OK, and then you say
1: something and then someone yeah. will be like, oh, like, oh, that's interesting, like whatever. And they'll respond to you like,
2: yeah, and I love like, oh. social
1: media because it's like you have one thought and it's like, oh, let me see if I, someone else has this thought and you yeah. find out 10,000 people have the same thought. You're like, OK, I'm not alone.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. And even when I say it now, it's like, oh, do I even have anything to say? But like, why am I on a whole podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's
0: interesting. Yeah that thing you said about like oh is anyone gonna relate to this the way that tiktok has made me realize the tiniest teeniest nuances of life that you think like nobody else thinks about this or notices or experiences this why is there a whole tiktok with millions of likes millions seriously small and specific too it's weird it's it's yo it makes you realize everyone's the same I feel like we're living in a simulation. Like how do this many people have the exact same like really nuanced experience? It's so weird. Yeah, it's kind of
1: frightening, honestly.
0: It's creepy. Do you guys think that the lack of vulnerability that your parents like showcased to you um, impacted your relationship with your parents? Because I definitely think it did for me. Like I feel like my mom didn't really start being open and vulnerable with me me until I was a lot older and then that kind of prompted me to do the same in return to an extent I wouldn't say that I'm fully like all the way open Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we would have had a closer relationship earlier if you know there was that openness from when I was very young like I wouldn't even say like high school I would say probably like way earlier than that Um, Mm -hmm. because now we're pretty like close like I tell her I would say almost everything Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it would have been nice to like you know and kind of going back to that tweet like I feel like I spent a lot of time almost resenting my parents for like the way that they raised me but then once I kind of like accepted like they did the best that they could with what they knew it helped me also open up and understand why they were the way that they were
2: I think the part that affects my relationship with my parents is the whole living the double life thing. It's the not being able to be open with certain things that are deemed appropriate in the Western world, but not necessarily back home. That's where I feel like there's a barrier in our relationship. But in terms of like being open and vulnerable about my feelings, I think my mom does a pretty good job at, um, you know, giving me that space to be open and vulnerable. And even my dad, like, and what really surprised me is when I went through, um, my breakup um my parents were actually very like my mom would like was asking about it checking in on me asking me certain questions you know like like just seemed even interested in like what I was going through or like you know just try to like and actually like, gave me good advice and had good conversations with me and then even so did my dad also uh, which I didn't expect and it caught me off guard because I was like wait what and like <laughs> one thing about my dad <laughs> <laughs> is like he's not like i said he's not like a very like he's not always so vulnerable whatever but when he wants to talk about something because i'm i'm also not vulnerable and i'm a, i'm an avoider so like my parents are trying to have a conversation with me. And I don't feel like having it. i will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like walking backwards up the stairs and yeah. of like get away. So my dad will like trick me and be like, okay, um, I need to go to home Depot. So can you come with me? Like, I need your help, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. As soon as he gets me in the car, the talks just start. And I, there's no, I mean, what am I going to do? Roll out of the car. <laughs> like, I have to just sit there and listen like that. This is like when he would want to like discipline me. So then this time he did it when he wanted to talk to me about my breakup. And I was like, Oh my God, what is What's happening that? right now? <laughs> and he was actually so like honest and like so like receptive. And it was, yeah, it really it took me by surprise. But yeah, it made me realize that like my parents have come a long way. And yeah, I actually need to take some notes from their books. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. You're done. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so they was having to find a way to like trick you into having these
0: yeah. talks.
1: Because I think everyone avoids these kind of conversations <laughs> with their no, the parents. Well, the way I, I feel run. like that's normal because I do the same.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like Saturday afternoon. I'm like, yeah, I have a meeting actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As for me, I literally think it's a combination of both. I think if my parents were more vulnerable with me when I was younger and not just suddenly like now that I'm older, like especially my mom, like she's so much more open with me about her feelings, her experiences that she's gone through and stuff like that now, and I think we would have been, we would have had a stronger relationship and a dynamic if it was on, earlier on in my childhood, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, I do the same things that Marwa does in terms of, like, avoiding, like, these conversations with my parents like please I think I'm also traumatized from no sexual relations so (laughs) like I just you know I just don't even want to go there like even if the little inkling is going there it's like "Mm, gotta go gotta go I gotta go (gasps) Uh, but it's gotten better I think the best thing about it is like the realization that like you're you're so much more like relatable to your parents and they can relate to you in so many ways and the older that you get and i wish we didn't come to this realization so like late in life or not late in life but like so Mm -hmm. much later in life like i wish we would have had these kind of realizations much earlier because even if we had a different perspective on our parents it might have also made it better you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah definitely put a different perspective on our parents for sure yeah because i don't Mm want to put the
1: onus completely on them like
0: yeah right so that's true but it's just life how have you guys like started to be more vulnerable with your parents because like I feel like I can pinpoint when it happened for me with my mom specifically it was like actually a conversation about like how I was raised to like always be told that something I was doing was wrong like nothing I ever did was good enough and like that's kind of where it started which is like a really big heavy (laughs) place to start but Mm. I don't know why I just remember like we had this conversation and I think that just like triggered it and you know snowball effect but obviously there's a lot more work to do so like how do you guys think that we can like get to a place where we're like fully fully vulnerable and open
2: I think maybe us being more open with them because like you know like we said we we kind of hold back because we think that they're not going to understand us but we realize on like countless occasions that they actually do understand us and we need to give them more credit so maybe you know putting that onus back on us and taking that initiative to be more open with them so that they can do it back
0: take control
2: Yeah, take control. Just because you're the kid and they're the adult doesn't mean that you can't take control of the situation. Mm Yeah. You know, because if we're, if we are, if we have this whole like mentality that we know better, then why don't we
0: do better? Ooh, shots fired.
2: That's a good one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I think even like in terms of taking the first step, like I've gone and asked my parents, I'm like, oh, like, What's the craziest thing that you've done as a child, like that your parents don't know about, you know, like questions like that. And my mom would tell me like stuff that that would happen, like in protests and stuff. I'm like, wow. Okay. So I always envisioned you, envisioned you as a goody two shoes and you just didn't do anything. But like, bro, she was out here, you know, so out here. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I've, I've just been more open to asking them questions like that. And from my dad, I hear it from all my uncles. Like anytime I go to Sudan, bro, they have bear stories of my dad. So yes, it's just little things like that.
0: I, I found. would love to hear stories about my dad. I feel like he was living. He, I feel like my dad was out here. Was but way I already he, feel
1: like we know too much information story. about your dad. So.
0: No, but <laughs> old story, you know, my mom told me that. But like, you know, he holds those stories in the vault. I feel like there's way more.
1: Oh, definitely. They're I mean, in a
0: vault, tightly definitely. sealed, like they're not coming out. <laughs> i don't know how to crack that code with him
1: you know who has like an interesting and if you know him then you know like his personality and like people would oh man the stories he would have i feel like we should bring him on this podcast it'd be so funny but it's Nobuda's dad
2: Bro,
0: oh my god um, i'm
2: with
1: samir. samir yeah samir, i know he was the troublemaker he's the one who yeah. dragged everyone out to like go do crazy things and just like live life you know what i mean and experience things <laughs> and i feel like that was so out of character for like sydney's people back then you know
2: yeah i'd be but so glad he went,
1: he went above and beyond but gala samir's got stories for days yeah, i was gonna say he's also a really good storyteller so
0: yeah, <laughs> <that's true.
2: laughs>
1: he is that's very very true
0: so I guess this is a good time for our What's in Your Cart segment. This week's edition of What's in Our Cart is your favorite makeup product. I have an OG, but I recently discovered another, so I have two.
2: Okay fine
0: my og ride or die for years now is the i have it right here um sephora micro smooth baked face compact it's like a powder but it doesn't like cake up on top of your foundation it's very like finely milled it just like blends everything together and like melts it all together and just makes your foundation look chef's kiss okay and it's cheap it's like 25 bucks and it lasts like literally it lasts like years numero dos i recently got this because i've been seeing everyone like screaming about it and it's a pretty penny but worth it if you like a very like sheer makeup look um the charlotte tilbury hollywood flawless filter
1: oh i've heard of it
0: it is just Oh my god! Like I wear it as a foundation, but a lot of people put Can it I on underneath it? foundation, and it gives you that like glow from within type of look under foundation. But on its own, it's like your skin, but better. Like I just woke up on an island with the most beautiful golden tan. That's what you look like.
1: Ooh, that's like la. it's
0: like a giant circle, and it has like a dofa applicator. So it's and- foundation, yeah? Is foundation? foundation? Yeah. It it's called a foundation. No. Flawless filter, yeah. It's it's a foundation, but like it only comes in eight shades because it's more of like it's really sheer. So I feel like you can get away with like
2: Mm, doesn't have to be your exact shade.
0: Yeah. So and it's very light coverage. Like there's barely any coverage, and it's I wouldn't even say that it's buildable. I feel like if you wear under your foundation, it looks amazing, gives you that natural glow without having to wear highlighter. But if you wear it on its own, it's more of like a no makeup makeup look. Ooh, and that's just my vibe these days like the pandemic quarantine has gotten me so used to just not wearing makeup that when I put on a full face I don't like how I look I feel like I don't look like myself but this it's like me but better
1: yeah yeah. yeah. Mm. you know it's definitely the look that people go for nowadays
0: yeah so those look. are my two
1: I have like two products that like i've been consistently buying for like years and years and years the first one is telescopic um i think it's l'oreal l'oreal telescopic. oh the mascara my favorite and tiktok blew it up a while back and now it's like basically sold out everywhere it was already hard to find because it was popular but now impossible impossible i'm like can you not touch my mascara i've been using it for years
0: (laughs) Who let out the secret i've been using that for years too actually
1: yeah somebody let out the secret i'm mad um and then the other one is it's also hard to find is the nyx micro brow like the pencil brow Mm. um that's my favorite i i buy that for everything it's cheaper than like anything you'll find at like sephora it works really well
0: yeah, okay. I can't justify spending so much money on an eyebrow.
1: That's what like, I'm saying. Like, there's it's barely product, product in it to, to, to begin with.
0: It's too much.
1: Yeah, there's barely any product. So
0: yeah. Oh,
1: one last one. <laughs> one last one. Um, Elf eyebrow
0: gel. Ooh, interesting. I have questions. Two bucks,
1: two three dollars. No. That's it.
0: I have questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it clear? Yes, it's clear.
0: What's the hold like?
1: Um, It's not like a strong, strong hold, oh but it works for me. Okay. It really works for me. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's three bucks, I'm just like, it's perfect. Yeah. But I always, I do it before I fill in my eyebrows. Yeah. And then I also do it after, right? To like fluff them out more. So.
0: I feel like my eyebrow hairs are heavy or something because nothing works. Apparently the essence one, more- oh. there's an essence
1: one that's also clear and it's a stronger hold. So try that one out
0: instead um I've been using got to be glued oh yeah <laughs> oh.
1: it's that's heavy the duty- kind of hold you need
0: yeah it's heavy <laughs> duty like I'm telling you my eyebrows are heavy like I put anything on and one second later they're falling especially like on the mm-hmm. tail and I really like the like super fluffy like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sp- uh, whatever it's called brow and like nothing holds Sof it so brows I'll- I think that's what they call them is what I use. I guess that's my third one.
2: Marwa? Um, okay, I'm going to go with some new products that I'm trying out.
0: Hey.
2: So I just became part of Glossier Gang. Okay.
0: Hey. Hey.
2: And I, got, I know. It. I know, right? Um, the Future Do. Mm. Yeah, I really like it um, because my. Skin is really dry. So when I put on makeup, like it just looks like when I don't know, like that dry makeup look, it's not cute. Okay. (laughs) So the future do is really nice. It looks like dewy and glossy. And like right now, I'm only wearing like I put a little bit of concealer and the future do, and I love it. Like I think it's gonna be my go-to look now when I don't want to wear makeup.
0: In wanting to try it.
2: Yeah. No, I think I definitely get it. Is it like a like a serum? Serum. Yeah, it's a serum. Yeah. And I just got their mascara too, the Lash Slick or something. Um, yeah, mm. I really like it a lot. Like, it's it's really good at, like, separating the lashes.
0: Yeah. Um, I, it's
2: interesting because I've heard mixed feelings about the, their mascara. I mean, I'm coming from L'Oreal, so, like, I don't know. I
0: don't know. <laughs> but <L'Oreal laughs> that's my go-to too, L'Oreal. Stuff.
2: L'Oreal, they're, like, I don't know which mascara it is, the gold one or whatever. It's just really clumpy sometimes, which I don't like.
0: Yeah. I feel like mascara is very dependent on what your actual eyelashes look like. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think some work for some people and some work for others. Like, I feel like I have very straight eyelashes, very short and straight. So the brush on the lash slick is amazing. I Mm. I got it before and I really, really liked it. Mm -hmm. So
2: I agree. Mine are really straight and short and like, I literally don't have eyelashes. So I don't know. It's doing wonders for me. I love it. Um, Have you tried the Glossier brow flick yet? I did. It's really good. I like the brow flake, but I just need, you know, some practice. I'm going to try it right now in lockdown. And then next month I'll be out here. Oh
1: my God. Do you know? Oh my God. I've been doing that. I just realized. Cause I, I don't know, like the brow pencil that the micro brow pencil that I get from NYX, I'm like, it fills it in, but I want it to be sharper lines. Mm. And then I, I remembered I got NYX's um, eyeliner. I got it in brown and I was like, wait, should I try this? like to make it like more like you know thing mm-hmm. I've been trying that that's like the same idea as the brow flick right yeah but it's, it's hard
2: it's hard yeah it's hard it's not easy like I yeah you have to be an artist I think
1: and then like if you're <laughs> oh. heavy-handed then it's like a dark a harsh line like yeah it's hard yeah,
0: yeah. it's really hard because it's a pen it's like really weird like it's like liquid so it's not forgiving at all it literally you took to
1: be foliar. light-handed with it
0: it's really year to learn how to use the brow flick like a full year before i got the hang of it oh my god yeah i can but imagine. once you get it wow. i'll
2: probably have to watch youtube videos or something
0: yeah it's the only way <laughs> shout out to youtube group beauty gurus
2: mm-hmm. uh, wow
0: we had a lot of suggestions <laughs> yeah look at uh, makeup is so is easy to makeup talk makeup about podcast no, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> we would have one episode <laughs> <laughs> oh no i could go on for error you honestly you probably could i don't think i could Good. yeah you guys would have to replace me still <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for today folks thanks for tuning in make sure to like comment subscribe and share because mama said so
1: Peace. bye bye